I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Well, it looks like even Indian cops can't resist the shiny trap of making some quick money. Okay, let me tell you the story. So, in Himachal Pradesh, around fifty thousand people, including several police officers, have been duped in a multi-crore cryptocurrency scam. The police say that the fraud is of more than four hundred crores, and I'm telling you, it is as textbook as any scam in India can get. So, reportedly in 2017-2018, a fake crypto coin called Corvio was launched by our main culprit, Subhash Sharma. This coin was, of course, entirely make-believe. It was not traded anywhere, and it had no link whatsoever to the market. What it had was a fake website in which accounts of people who had invested in this coin were registered. And on this website, these people could see the value of this coin growing. And let me remind you again: this coin was not traded anywhere. So the growth in its value on the website was also the fine work of the scammers. Now, coming to why I said this scam is textbook. So the culprit, according to the news portal Decode, first targeted his friends and relatives. They gave him their money, and in turn, some of them also became agents for the company and persuaded others to invest in crypto. Initial investors saw returns on their investment with profits, which was basically the money new customers were handing in. So you see, this is a typical chit fund scam, but make it crypto. The scam continued till mid 2022, until our main guy went underground. Reportedly, he is in Dubai. When people started inquiring about return on their investment, enamored of the constant growth in the value of the coin they were tracking on the website, the agents got reluctant and started giving different dates. So not so soon, everybody realized they have been scammed. Well, I personally think scamming people in India is a very easy business. The scam suggests all you need is a website, and you can fool people however you want. But let's address the elephant in the room: How could police officers of Himachal Pradesh fall for a scam as basic as this? A police officer who has even investigated cyber crimes told Decode anonymously, and I'm reading it out: There should be a reason for doubt. The website looked legit, a proper website with accounts of investors. Those who invested could see their money increasing from time to time. When my seniors had invested in it, I stopped reading between the lines. I had read about cryptocurrency scams, but the increasing value of my coins blindfolded me. I mean, this is still very disappointing. But for what it's worth, this scam reveals why Indians keep losing money to fraudulent chit funds and other scams again and again. It's basically as long as a person is in the know, is involved as an agent, be it a friend or a relative, Indians won't bat an eye before investing all their hard-earned money. It is what it is, I guess. For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Manaswini, and for today's edition of the Signal Daily, we are replugging two of our timeless stories. There is no denying the world is in a crisis mode. I mean, we barely scraped through a ghoulish pandemic, and if anything, we deserved a break. But that's not happening anytime soon. I guess chaos is embedded in our DNA. But okay, okay, I'll stop whining and get on with the story, which will give you some context to my whining. So today marks the 607th day of Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, 
another war has kicked off. Plus, India is currently locked in a cat fight with Canada. And the post-pandemic global economy had best its wobbly. And the threat of a cruel recession is always lurking around the corner like a creepy dude. So basically, all this crazy mishmash of global happenings, for one, means that India will not be welcoming as many foreign tourists this fall as well. Before the pandemic rattled us, the number of foreign tourists arriving in India was around 11 million in 2019. Last year, when the travel restrictions were eased and the virus wasn't an imminent threat, only 6 million foreign tourists came to India. And we hoped that things would improve this year. But given the geopolitical tensions and economic slump, it seems that the number of foreign tourists coming to India is not going to pick up anytime soon. Take for example Russians. In the wintry months, they used to come down to the sunny beaches of Goa in their charter planes. And according to the Goa Tourism Board, Russians alone accounted for 50-60% to of pre-pandemic charter traffic coming to Goa. That is around 1 lakh tourists every year. But this time around, as the Economic Times reported quoting sources, the charters to Goa will not even reach 20% of last year's levels. Basically, charter tourism, which is a solid source of revenue for Goa's tourism industry, has been on a decline. The reasons are as apparent as they can be. Russia is embroiled in a war and the charter planes are grounded. Some travel companies plan to bring Israeli tourists to Goa in charter planes this year. And well, before charters could take off, Israel got itself into a war. The Economic Times reported quoting industry sources that the number of charter tourists this year will only be about 30-40% to 40% of the pre-COVID levels. But there is one interesting thing. The domestic travel is booming after the pandemic. And especially in Goa. And that might ironically be one of the reasons why Russians, Kazakhs, Brits and Scandinavians are turning away from Goa's sandy beaches. Because you see, greater domestic travel is leading to unavailability of rooms in the tiny state. Or at least the rooms are getting costlier. So the budget travellers from these countries are instead going to cheaper destinations such as Thailand, Vietnam, Egypt, Turkey and Gambia. But what about the tourists from other countries? Are we expecting travellers from other parts of the world? So according to the government data, the US, the UK, Australia and Canada alongside our neighbours Bangladesh were the top 5 countries from which tourists visited India. For example, around 2,77,000 Canadians visited India last year. But now India has stopped issuing visas in Canada because as external minister Jay Shankar claimed, it was no longer safe for our diplomats to go to work and issue visas. So basically, there goes a big chunk of Canadian tourists who would have visited India this fall. And just for your information, the government data suggests that the peak month of arrival of foreign tourists is December. And besides that, Average Brits, Americans and Australians are also struggling with inflation. So we can expect that some of them will be cutting down on exotic holidays, at least the backpackers. And declining tourism is never good news. In 2019, tourism contributed $194 billion to the Indian economy, creating about 40 million new jobs. Minister of Tourism G. Kishan Reddy had then pointed out that tourism has one of the highest job-creating potentials across all the sectors. He had said, and I'm quoting him, for rupees 10 lakhs of investment, tourists provide 78 jobs as opposed to 45 jobs in the manufacturing sector with the same investment. End quote. In fact, last year, according to the World Travel and Tourism Council, around 1 in 13 workers in India were in the travel and tourism sector. So basically, less tourists imply less new jobs. In fact, even loss of the existing ones. 
Plus, India is also losing on foreign exchange earnings. In 2019, India's foreign exchange earnings from tourism were around 31,000 million dollars, but last year it was only around 17,000 million dollars. But as of now, considering the state of the world and the economy, there is little hope that the number of foreign tourists will return to pre-pandemic levels anytime soon. If you like listening to the Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate the signal dot co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched and written by Anup Samwal, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.